Welcome to your Royal Roos Podcast, your hub for your nine-time World Series champion, Boston Red Sox, your six-time Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots, your 17-time NBA champion, Boston Celtics, your six-time Stanley Cup champion, Boston Bruins, and your 11-time national champions in football, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, your 51-time Scottish Premier League champion, Celtic football, your six-time English Premier League champion, Chelsea football, your Gonzaga men's basketball team, your Wright State baseball team, and your five-time national champions in college hockey, the Boston College Eagles. I'm your host, Tom O'Shea, also known as the Junkyard Dog, also known as T.O. Swiggins, and you can't change that. So things have happened since we were off, like for literally a week. Looks like Pedroia has decided to hang it up, so he is done as a member of the Red Sox and as a baseball player in general. So he has retired officially. Then yeah, Bruins just like just can't lose. Basically, they like basically have been and now when they losing, they're coming back and winning in these some of these games. So pretty good. Celtics are starting to fall off a little bit. Andrew Benintendi got traded from the Red Sox. Um, Chelsea just keeps on winning. Celtic football is kind of starting to find their stride. Gonzaga hasn't still is is still undefeated. And basically, yeah, a lot of just stuff has been happening. So let's get into that. All right. So the Bruins played the Capitals on um, January the 30th on that Saturday night and lost in overtime at in a four to three or four to three game against the Capitals. So let's get into that right now. All right, let's see. Right. Here we are. Oh, no, 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 that's like, all right, game. Here we are. All right. So, basically, to begin off, um, Washington got on the board first in the first period with a one nothing goal, and then they uh, scored three straight after that in the second – or two straight after that in the second period. Make it 3 nothing Capitals. Then Nick Ritchie got on the board in the second period for the Bruins to make it 3-1 to one, Capitals lead. And then that's where they started to come all the way back. Marshan scored a goal in the third period, and then Charlie McAvoy tied up 3-3. And then overtime, Alex, Ove- Alex Ovechkin of the Capitals basically won it for them on a three or four to three or on an overtime goal to make it to win the game four to three. So at this point, well, they're five one and two. So five wins, two, one loss, and uh, two overtime losses. So, yeah. So, that kind of ends their win streak a little bit at this point, too. So, and then Gonzaga played Pepperdine that also that Saturday night and beat them to continue their undefeated streak as they beat Pepperdine 95 or 97 to 75. Let's go over that box score. Gonzaga. January. Been over a week. Yeah, over a couple weeks. All right. So here we go. Our box scores, at least top performers. All right. My top performer was uh, Drew Timmy with 19 points. Then it was uh, Andrew Nimhard with 17 points. And then Corey Kitzbert with uh, 16 points. Then Aaron Cook with 15 points. And then after that, it was uh, eight or a uh, Anto or a uh, 
Anton or Anton Watson with uh, 12 points. So very good. So still at this point, 17 and 0. All right. Still undefeated and still number one ranked team in the land. All right. And then the Celtics took on the Lakers in Boston. And at this point, they did have a chance to win this game in the final seconds, but couldn't get the shot off. They did kind of fall apart in the third and fourth quarter once again. And the Celtics ended up losing this one to their arch rival Lakers and the defending NBA champions. 96 to 95. Let's go over that, or at least go over my top performers of that game. Yeah, Marcus Smart did lead the game early. Um, he had a left calf tear, so he left early in this one. My top performer for the Celtics, it was um, Jason Tatum with 30 points, Jalen Brown with 20 or 28 points. And then Daniel Tice with 14, Robert Williams with 10, and probably, let's see, I would probably say, um, I would probably give it to either Kemba Walker or uh, Marcus Smart. I'll probably just give it to Marcus Smart at this point. Yeah. Although Kemba Walker did play more minutes, but I don't know. He was a uh, one for 12 in field goals, so I'll probably give it to Marcus Smart just because he was had a more – Field goal. He was two for seven in field goal percentage. Right. Yeah, because at that point, nobody else scored double digits in this game. Apart from Tatum, Brown, Tice, and Robert Williams, nobody else scored double digits in this game for the Celtics. That's how bad this game was. So not great. Man, they've been kind of falling off a little bit. And at this point of the season, they are 10-8. and eight. Yeah, So not doing so hot. All right, then Chelsea football played Burnley for a uh, English Premier League game, and once again, I believe they got their first win of the Tussle Error. Their first win. Hold on, could be wrong. Yeah, they got their first win of the Tussle Error for Coach Thomas Tussle as they win this one two nothing for their new coach at Stamford Bridge. So let's go over the box scores. All right. So, Burnley. All right. Burnley. All right. So, the only goal, or uh, so here we are. So, Cesar Edekua got a goal for Chelsea at the 40, 40th minute. And then Marco Alonso got a goal in the 84th minute for Chelsea. And that's where your final score would stand. So, at this point, Chelsea football is, and yeah, they're not really giving us yeah, they're not really giving us a standing. So at this point, so huh, not really giving us standings at this point. All right, okay. Yeah, let's see the statistics. No, nah. What? Nah. Yeah, we'll probably just go over that when we finish up uh, the standings for the or for uh, scores for uh, Chelsea football. All right. And then Monday, Red Sox Nation got the sad news that Dustin Pedroia will be retiring um, this season, so he will not be coming back. His career is done. And it really does stink, too, because that guy's career could have gone on a lot longer if Manny Machado did not slide in the second base spikes high. He really, like, it basically taken him out 
in his knee. That is just or yeah. So yeah. That really does stink. And that's why we I really say fuck Manny Machado. Just F that man. Unless if he becomes a Red Sox later in his career, but now F that man. Just F him. He basically uh, took out, yeah. and you will not find anybody who it meant that much to be in a Boston Red Sox than Dustin Pedroia. And the guy had a mentality too, like every season during spring, before spring training, or like when they came into spring training, he had this mentality: "Hey, we're going to win this World Series this year." Like he doesn't, and he doesn't even care how good the team is or how talented they are. He feels like he has that mentality of, "Hey." Let's treat this year like we're going to win the World Series, like mentality. And, like, the work ethic, too, how he made diving plays the at second base to, like, get outs and stuff like that. And also a great offensive bat, too. Especially during his rookie year, too. He had two key home runs in the ALCS and the World Series right off the bat in the World Series, too, in 2007. Yeah, World Rookie of the Year, MVP. You just couldn't yet. Hopefully they retire that man's number, but it's still up to the bay too. But hopefully they will. I mean, seriously, I mean, probably the best second baseman in Red Sox history. Well, at least behind Bobby Doerr a little bit too. But basically, in my generation, the best second baseman ever. So we'll find out. Probably they will. But at this point, no word has been made of his jersey retirement at this point. But it's kind of looking like maybe he might get his jersey retired by the Red Sox. Hopefully he might get in the Hall of Fame too, but that's up for debate too. I think he's supposed to be in the on the ballot, I think, 2024. I could be wrong in that, but I feel like 2024. So we'll see about that. That would actually be pretty neat to have him in the Hall of Fame. So, great career, Pedroia. Thank you so much for what you brought to Red Sox Nation. Hopefully, you'll have best of luck in retirement. Hope you have fun. Um, maybe a manager for the Red Sox? Eh, I really don't think so. I mean, just because of the fact, like, the whole Frank Lampard part for Chelsea. The guy was a great player when he was with Chelsea, but when he managed Chelsea, he wasn't really that great. Like, at least the second year someone like he didn't wasn't really that great of a manager that brought that much success. So I'm kind of worried of seeing someone like Pedroia, maybe Red Sox manager too. Uh, that doesn't sound good, especially if, if shit hits south or shit hits south, then maybe, yeah, that might not be great. Red Sox fans might turn on him too. Like basically you have to start booing him and saying, get out of here. Yeah. You can't say that the PD. <laughs> no. Yeah. That's why I kind of don't want someone like a Jason Veritek or David Ortiz, the man to Boston Red Sox, because if things go south for the team, who they're going to blame? Yeah, they're going to blame the manager. Yeah, because, yeah. Best of luck, Pedroia. Thank you so much for what you brought to Red Sox Nation. Yeah. Hopefully you have best of luck in your retirement. Then the, then the Bruins played the second game of their game in Washington against the Capitals. And I have to say, it was a better result this time than the last match or the last uh, hockey game that they had. Why I call it a match? Uh, so as they win this one, 5-3 to three against the Capitals, 
And I believe it was also a comeback game. Let's see. Let's look at the box scores. Yeah, it was basically they were down 3 nothing in the second period, and then Posh knocked out a goal to make it one or make it one to three. Then he scored again to make it two to three in the third period. Then Craig Smith got a goal. Then Brandon Carlo got a goal to make it four to three uh Bruins. And then the finisher by Brad Marchand to make it five to three. Bruins, that's where your final score would stand. And at this point, they're six and one, six, one and two, six wins, one loss, and two overtime losses. So basically kind of if you add that up, six and three. Still pretty good. Still pretty good. Yeah. I feel like they do the whole overtime losses thing is like kind of a way of like putting points in the standings kind of deal. So like kind of like how in soccer, how if you tie, then you kind of lose points too. So if you lose in overtime, then you might lose points. I don't know. Yeah. I'm more of a baseball and basketball person, but we want to show love to all, all the other sports too. Then Celtic football, they signed John Joe Kenny to a, uh, from Everton for the remainder of the 2020-2021 uh, season. So he's going to be with Celtic for the remainder of the season. So very good. Hopefully he's very impactful. Then Celtic football, they played Kilmarnock on a Wednesday. and Or well, actually, I think it was Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday they played Kilmarnock at Rugby Park. And I got to say... They basically bounce back after their loss to St. Mernon as they win this one 4 0 against Kilmarnock. Let's go over the box scores. Come on. All right, Kilmarnock. All right, so here we go. Skulls from, yes, Scott Brown. Welcome back. He is back in the lineup and he got a goal for Celtic with 29 minutes, a header. Then. As, or Asan Edward got a goal, 53 minutes, and a penalty kick in the second or a 62nd minute, and then Ayeti got a goal for a Celtic with 86 minutes left, or 86 minutes in, or the in the 86 minutes, and that's where your final score would stand for nothing. They're not giving me standings at this point or uh, records at this point, so there's no point saying that just yet. We'll probably wait until after we go over all the Celtic. Uh, matches before we start, yeah. All right. Then Boston College beat Northeastern on uh that two or that Tuesday night too, six to two. Let's go over that. Hold on. Let me get to that place first. Should have been a little bit more prepared today. All right, as we said, sorry we didn't record Saturday. I just thought, you know what, since today is basically President's Day and I have today off. And tomorrow off too. I thought, you know what? I'll just record today. Just uh since I got nothing else to do anyway, so might as well. Might as well do record. All right. So here we are. Box scores for Boston College Hockey and Northeastern. Boston Inner City Rivalry. Here we go. All right. So Northeastern got a power play goal in the first or uh, in the first period of the game. Riley Hughes to make it one nothing East or uh, or North one nothing Northeastern. Then Boston College got two unanswered goals by Nicola or uh, Nicola Nentrensko and Patrick Giles or Patrick Giles to make it two to one uh, North or two to one uh, Boston College and then a goal by uh, Northeastern to make it tied up two two. Then after that. Four unanswered goals by 
uh, BC, uh, Mark McLaughlin in the second period, and then Marshall Warren in the second period too. And then the third period, uh, Mac or Michael Caro, I think his first goal of the year or first goal of his career, I believe, unassisted. And then Jack McBain, either him or Jack, either him, either him or McBain got their first goal of their career as a senior. So that is pretty neat. So awesome. So as the final score of this one is six to two, um, Boston College, and at the after this game they are ten two one and 10, 2, and 1 in their conference, which basically all their games are conference games at this point. All right, or Hockey East um, games as their conference. Then the Celtics played against the Warriors in uh, Golden State on Wednesday night, I believe. And I believe the Celtics, after embarrassing losses to the Spurs and the Lakers, found a way to win one on their first game of their West Coast road trip as they beat the Warriors 111 to 107. Here we are. My top performers in this game were uh, Jason Tatum with 27 points, Kemba Walker with 19 points, Jalen Brown with 18 points, um, Grant Williams with 15 points, and then Tristan Thompson with 18 points or 13 points. All right, so very good. At this point, they're eleven and eight start or eleven and eight so far this season. So very good, very good, very good. Yeah, way to bounce back after like not too great win or too great against a. Uh, I can't talk. All right, against not or uh, two not too great losses, basically kind of deal or demoralizing losses. Then the Bruins played against the Flyers in Philadelphia for a two-game set. Um, and the Bruins end up winning this one. They came back in overtime and win it for the three against the Flyers. Let's go over that box score. All right. So here we go. So the Bruins got on the board up. David Poshnock got a goal to make it one nothing Bruins in the first period, just right off the bat. Then Kevin Hayes of the Flyers got a goal to tie it up 1-1 the second period. And then Philadelphia got two straight goals or two answer goals in to start off the first or third period to make it 3-1 Flyers. And here comes the Bruins. So Posnock got two goals to make it a hat-trick night uh, to make it tied up and also tied up in the third period with time winding down. And then the overtime winner. Patrice Bergeron, a power play overtime goal winner, to win it four to three. Bruins win seven or four to three to increase their record to seven, one, and two. So seven wins, one regulation loss, and two overtime losses. So very good. So technically, if you add that up, it's like seven and three. So very good. Way to get the job done. Then the Celtics played against the Kings on um, what, or yeah Wednesday night, and they end up losing this one to the Kings to out not too great and last place in their division, Sacramento Kings, one hundred and sixteen to one hundred and eleven, in Sacramento for for the second game of their five game West Coast road trip. So not doing so hot. Yeah. They really need to make a trade. They're thinking of making some trades too. I think um, they might try to get someone like a Harrison Baines 
or the from the Magic, they might get Aaron Gordon and uh, Evan uh, Fournier, and from the Atlanta Hawks, maybe John Collins and a few people too. All right, we'll see how it goes. All right, so the sack. So my top performers in the Sacramento game. All right, so it was uh, Jason Tatum with twenty-seven points, Jalen Brown with twenty-one, Tristan Thompson with seventeen, Daniel Tice with eleven, and I believe Robert Williams III with nine points. So not a great night from all the Boston Celtics. Let's call them Celtic football. Then Chelsea football played against Tottenham Hot, or Hotspurs. And I got to say, they took on one of the best teams in the English Premier League. And they end up winning this one. A 1-0 or 1-0 match win against Tottenham. And they get the job done. So basically, they just keep on rolling. So what I've been hearing about uh, from some of these guys, like it's a lot different now than it was with uh, um, Frank Lampard. So like they actually like the culture is better. It's just something that was missing with the that something that was missing that's now there that wasn't with them with when Frank Lampard was there. That was with Tussle. Something there like how they're playing defensively, how their games or a game skill or basically game strategy is going. It's just. So the only goal in that game was a penalty goal in the 24th minute by uh, Jorginho. So he got a goal to uh, that was the decider for the Bruins or for for the I can't talk for Chelsea football one nothing gets Tottenham. That's your final score. So that awesome way to keep rolling. Oh, come on. All right. Let's see, where were we at? All right, so Gonzaga played against South Pacific, and it almost kind of looked like uh, Gonzaga was going to get their first loss to a not-too-great Pacific team. Yeah. But they end up getting the job done. They end up winning this one. They pull out ahead eventually in the end in um, wherever Pacific is at. Yeah, we're in the West Coast. And they end up winning this one, 76 258. So let's go over the box scores. Yeah, let's find out where Pacific is at. Because that's Pacific, they are in Stockton, California. All right, so our Cali team. All right. So my top performers in the game Drew Timmy with 21 points. He just can't be stopped. Jalen Suggs with 19 points. Corey Kitzberg with uh, 14 points. See, and then um, Joe I-80 with eight points, and then Aaron Cook with six points off the bench. So awesome. Very good. Very good. And it almost kind of looked like they were going to lose, but they ended up falling away in the end. Then the Bruins played against the Flyers the next night, I believe on the 5th, on a Friday, and they end up winning this one for, or a 2-1 to one against the Flyers. Yeah, so they basically took the two-game set against Philadelphia in Philadelphia. Let's go over the box scores. All right, so here we are. So Philadelphia did get out to a goal or get out in front one nothing in the first period. No goals were made in the first and second period. And then Philadelphia got out to a goal, as I said, with a – Van Reenstijk's goal to make it one nothing Philadelphia, and then two goals 
two unanswered goals in the final minutes of the game by Brad Marchand and Sean Corrali to give the Bruins the lead and the win. They end up winning this one, two to one, as I said. Um, so after this, their record is eight, one, and two. So basically, eight wins, one loss, and two ties. So getting the job done. All right, and then Boston College played against uh, Boston U or Boston University, and they end up winning this one in front of their home crowd in an overtime win for the three. They get the job done. Let's go over the box scores. All right, so Boston College got out to a uh, one nothing goal or one nothing lead with a uh, Jack McCain or Jack McBain goal to make it one nothing. Then BU got some uh, two unanswered goals in the second period to make it two to one. B or BU, and then a power two power or two goals by the or by the Eagles, a power play goal by Matt Boldy, and a uh, goal by Cody Ambriso to make it 3-2 to two Boston College. Then in the third period, a power play goal by BU tied it up in almost the final minutes of the – or or tied it up to make it 3-3. And then an overtime goal by Drew Hellison to, make, to win the game for BC, 4-3. That's where your final score would be. And after that, the, or, uh, the Eagles are 11-2-1. So I believe that's two win or eleven or eleven wins, two losses. I think one tie. I think yeah, I could be wrong. Yeah, that's I think that is yeah. All right, let's go to break. All right, we are back. All right, so we left off. So the Celtics went to the Staples Center in L.A. not to play the Lakers, but the Clippers, and they end up winning this one in a very close one to the Clippers. 119 to 115 as they get back to their winning ways. So let's see. All right, Clippers. So my top performer, excuse me, top performers in this one, uh, Jason Tatum with 34 points, or Kemba Walker with 24. Let's see. And then, um, then off the bench, it was Carson Edwards at 16 points. And then it was... Grant Williams and Tristan Thompson both with 11 points to round up the day. So yeah, and after that game, they are 12 and nine to start off, or 12 and nine so far this year. So a little, a bit, a little bit average, but could be better. Then Celtic football played against uh, Motherwell on Saturday after, or Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon, probably their time, as they end up winning this one against Motherwell two to one. Almost came down to the final minutes of the game, but they end up holding on for the dub, and they end up winning this one against Motherwell, helping their chances out in the English or in the Scottish Premier League standings. All right, so Steve, or Stephen Welsh got a goal in the second minute of the game. Then Odson Edward got a goal in the 50th minute, and then Motherwell did get a goal in the 66th minute, but then. After that, they didn't really do much. They almost came close to tying up the game and end the game in a draw, but uh, Lilac or Lilac Scott or Abel was able to save the game for Celtic, and they end up winning this one two to one. So awesome, very good. All right, so that's it. 
All right, now one odds that's it. Um, then Boston College played against BU again in Boston University. And I have to say they did not uh, play really good up to this point, and they end up losing this one to the Terriers 3-2-1. So the only goal for um, the or for the Eagles was a power play goal by our Eamon, Bol- or Eamon Powell to make it one nothing up or BC, and then three unanswered goals by the Terriers, one power play goal to win the game and take the lead or take the lead and win the game for the Terriers of Boston University three to one. After this game, Boston or Boston College is 11, three and one in overall play and also conference play too, because all their games are conference opponents too. So then Chelsea played against Sheffield United on Sunday and they end up winning this one against probably the worst team in the English Premier League, but they end up giving a goal up to them too. So they end up winning this one two to one in Bromwell Lane. So yeah, so awesome. Now they keep on winning under Tussle. Let's see. So basically goals by Mason Mont in the 44 or 43rd minute. Then a goal to tie it up by uh, Sheffield United to uh, make it one or one one. And then Jorginho won the game in the 58th minute on a penalty kick to make it two to, or penalty goal to make it one or two to one. Chelsea, they end up winning this one. Tussle just seems to a little bit be undefeated at this point. As the as the Blues keep on rolling under Tussle. Let's see. And then let's see. I believe the Celtics played on Sunday too. And they play they lost against a, a really decent Suns team. I mean, they could have won this game. They could have played a lot better than they did in this game, but the final score in this one in the desert, 100 291 Suns win against the Celtics and on Super Bowl Sunday. And we'll also talk about that too. But first, let's go over the box scores of that game. All right. Against the Suns. So my top performers in this game were um, Jason Tatum with 23 points, then Kemba Walker with 14 points, and then 12 points by Daniel Tice and Peyton Pritchard off the bench. And then let's see. I believe it was uh, Grant Williams with 10 points, and that are my top performers. Celtics end up going 12 and 10, so they are basically two and two on the West Coast road trip, so not going so good. All right. So I want to say, even though that, and moving on, so it's the Super Bowl. So as you already know, so it looks like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, led by former New England Patriots Tom Brady and Rob Kronkowski, and Antonio Brown at like for one game until like Belichick basically released them after kind of off the field stuff too. Basically, end up winning the Super Bowl against the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs as they basically just blew out the Chiefs and win the Super Bowl. They're second in their franchise's history. Congrats to them. And congrats to someone like Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski of getting their getting another ring together, basically. Tom Brady getting the seventh of his career, and I believe Rob Gronkowski, I think it was like 
either his third or fourth. Uh, one year he he didn't play. I think it was 2016 Super Bowl 51. He was out the entire year, so I'm not really sure. Well, he was kind of part of the roster, so technically maybe he does have four now. But still pretty good. Congrats to them. Way to get the job done, someone. And way to, like, even though you guys are not New England Patriots anymore, I'm still kind of glad to kind of see you guys win one. I mean, I was cheering for them in the Super Bowl, too. I wore my Tom Brady jersey the entire day for the Patriots, and it was just, yeah, it was kind of cool. I mean, at this point, I don't really care if the Patriots are not in the Super Bowl. I really don't care, but at this point, I kind of want to see Tom Brady get a seventh. And he did. Yeah. He almost threw the Super Bowl during the Super Bowl celebrations uh, or the parade that they had down the Hillsborough River, which is like Tampa Bay's like main river line or something like that, or their main river that runs through their city. Tampa's, yeah. Uh, he almost threw the Lombardi Trophy into the river, but he was trying to toss it from the other boat or from his boat to the other. Um, and he almost like, yeah, it almost dropped into the river. That would have been bad. Apparently, the person who designs the trophy, like their daughter, his daughter, his daughter, or something like that, demanded Tom Brady of having a policy or something like that. Oh, I mean, yes, I mean, but at the same time, I mean, that's the whole parade. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I really, yeah, if they're having fun, at least, I mean, did the trophy fall in the river? So, why are you worried? Why are you seriously worried? I mean, I think it's a thought like. It could have fell into the river if they weren't really careful. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe, I don't know. She, Tom Brady, got drunk. <laughs> yeah, really. He, like, they took him off the – after um, um after the parade, like, they're getting off the boat. He, like, was hammered. <laughs> the dude had a lot. I mean, seriously, for the guy who basically won a seventh ring, I mean, like, if you're going to get hammered like that, I feel like that would be the place to do it. After you just celebrate after getting your seventh ring of accomplishment, basically. Hey, love you guys. We had a great season. We had a great season. He's one of us. One of us. <laughs> Pretty funny. All right. So I kind of want to bring that attention to you guys. And then on Monday, Gonzaga played BYU. They uh, had to make their one of their games got postponed on uh, last Thursday because I believe uh, Santa Clara is still battling their uh, COVID protocol or still having COVID problems stuff like that. So they're not gonna. So they didn't play on Thursday, but they played BIU on excuse me on this day on Monday, and they end up winning this one, eighty-two to seventy-one. Although the ESPN broadcasters thought that. BYU had a chance down by 12 with 15.7 left. They were actually like, oh, BYU might have a chance. It's really time. No, their game, the game's over. They're not going to score 12 unanswered points and tie it up in literally 15.7 seconds. It could happen. No, it fucking can. <laughs> no, it fucking can. I mean, I, I do believe in miracles and comebacks like that, but at the same time, with 15.7 seconds left in the game, down by 12, there really is no chance. I mean, really, there really – I mean, a lot of stuff has to go their way for them to come back and win that game. But they didn't. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. 
So let's see. Go over box scores. Who are my top performers in this one? Jalen Suggs with uh, 24 points. Then Drew Timmy with 20 points. And Andrew Nimhard with 15 points. And then Corey Kitzberg with 13 points. And I believe Anton uh, Watson with 6 points. So good. Awesome. And the Bulldogs are still 19-0 and still ranked number one in the land. So the Bulldogs still reign. And then let's see. Then Notre Dame football did announce that in 2031 and 2032, so almost a de- so basically 10 years from now, they will play, they will have a two-game home and home uh series with the Florida Gators in first at Notre Dame and then in Gainesville, Florida. Both on, I think the first one is on November the 15th, 2031 at Notre Dame. And then, man, we're going to go to very cold climates. Yeah. And then on September the 11th, oh, on 9-11. So basically 20 or 32nd, 31st anniversary. Huh. I don't know. Way to pick that day. All right. On September the, or September the 11th. On December or in 2032, they will go to Gainesville and play the Florida Gators in Florida or in Gainesville, Florida. So, yeah. So, 10 more years from now. Yes. Way to announce that. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, way to announce that. I have no idea why they did that, but okay. Yeah, for a series that's going to happen for like literally a decade from now. So, let's. Okay, but whatever. I mean. Yeah. All right. And then. The Celtics played against the Utah Jazz in Utah to end the West Coast road trip. And I got to say, they didn't really have that big. They started out great. And then in the third quarter, basically Utah basically uh, got out ahead. The Celtics did try to come back a little bit, but at that rate, it was kind of a little bit, a bit too little, a bit too late. Celtics ended up losing this one. 122 to 108. They end the West or West Coast road trip with a five, with a two and four. Or, no, three and two, uh, three and two record on the West Coast road trip. So yeah, not doing so hot so far. They've been kind of falling apart a little bit too. So that's why yeah, Celtics have not been doing so well. And for a team that everybody was picking to basically get the third seed in the Eastern Conference, I feel like right now, but we'll get into it a little bit too, they will. Yeah. Uh, all right, so my top performers, it was Jalen Brown with 33 points. Then it was Jason Tatum with 23 points. Then Daniel Tice with 15 points. And after that, nobody cracked double-digit points. So um, Grant Williams had nine. And then – it was Kemba Walker and Jason or uh, Tristan Thompson with seven, but I'm going to go with uh, Tristan Thompson because Kemba Walker just was not really having it here. He was two for, for or two for twelve in field goal percentage, and Tristan Thompson was three for uh, seven in field goals. I feel like that might be my decider. That might actually be my decider if we get to a point where someone's at like at tie for something like that in points in the category. I don't know. All right. News from the Red Sox. So it looks like, hold on. Yeah, hold on. Let's see. 
Yeah, we won't say that just now, but we'll talk about it in a little bit until like, well, it looks like um, I did report on, I believe it was um, uh, Wednesday that the Red Sox did uh, were in a formal agreement with the Japanese reliever Hirokazu Saramura. So it looks like he is possibly in an agreement with the Red Sox at this point, but we'll talk about that a little bit too. It will be official, but we'll wait. All right. Then Celtic football played against St. Mernon at St. Mernon or their home field or home uh, home park, and they end up winning this one and get payback for what they did to them a couple weeks ago as they win 4-0 against um, – St. Mernon, they keep the streak rolling. So they basically have won two in a row so far. Or three in a row so far. Yeah, three in a row Yeah, at this point. So the goals from Tom Rogic in the 16th minute. And then a goal by Edward in the 79th minute. A penalty, kill, a penalty goal. And then Ryan Christie got a goal with 82 in the 82nd minute. And then David Turnbull got a goal in the 83rd minute just right after that to win the so win the game for Celtic, 4-0, or match, I should say, match, 4-0 against St. Mernon. So very good. The Celts keep rolling or marching on. It's like the song. As the Celts go marching on. And then, as I said, the news is official with Saramora. So it looks like the Red Sox have finally agreed, officially agreed to a deal he will play for the Red Sox for two years and make $2.4 million. So very good. We got a really good reliever. And I, what I've been seeing are highlight reels of the dude. The dude can pitch. I mean, he has a fastball and a slider that basically will just sink right down and to the point where the batters are basically just chasing after it. He's kind of like a little bit of like a Chris Sale, like how his pitches would go down into the below the strike zone and people to the point where, oh, it might be a ball. Nope. Strike. <laughs> yep. To the point. Yeah. He, he can really deceive batters and now it really be good coming out of the bullpen. Awesome. We really did not strike out. We did not really strike out by getting this guy. Good. That, and that's what we need. We need bullpen help guys who know how to pitch apart from the guys that we had last year that didn't really know how to pitch. And, yeah, basically we're just, yeah. So hopefully. So this is good news. Then the Bruins played against the Rangers in Madison Square Garden. And they end up winning this first one of a two-game set against the Rangers as they're back in action after being out for almost like over almost a week because of COVID protocol relations with other teams and they couldn't play them. So they end up winning this one three to two against the rank against the Rangers in overtime, they get the job done. So yeah, so here we go. So basically, the or the Rangers got on the board first in the first period to make it one nothing. Then Chris Wagner in the second period got a goal tied up one one. Then Anders Bjork got his first goal of the year to went to get the Bruins the goal or lead two to one in the third period, and then the Rangers tied it up. In the second period, or in the third period, the tied up 2-2. Not great. Then game goes to overtime. And then Brad Marchand with literally 36 minutes or 36 seconds into the overtime. Basically goes to the races and scores the overtime winner. 
three to two Bruins win once again. They get they come from behind. They win in overtime and they win the and they are now nine one and two. So nine wins, one re- regulation loss, and two overtime losses. So basically nine and three so far. So doing very good. So awesome, very good. They get the job done. Sad news, everybody, for Red Sox fans. Looks like Andrew Benintendi time in Boston and basically the killer bees error of our outfield has basically come to an end or not officially yet because we haven't heard what happens to JBJ yet. If he has signed anywhere yet, but it's kind of looking like he's probably not coming back. But anyway, for Ben attendee, it looks like the Red Sox Royals and Mets agree to a deal to trade players. So here's the deal. So here's how everything, yeah, this is how everything's going to go. All right. All right. So, um, so the Red Sox or the Royals will get Andrew Benintendi in the deal. Then the Red Sox will get outfielder Franchi Cordero from the Royals. And then pitcher Josh uh, Winkowski of, from the Mets. And then three players or three players to be named later from the Royals. I think it's either two from – the Royals, they have one from the Mets or vice versa, or basically, yeah, basically, yeah, or basically vice versa or something like that or something like that. I don't know. But, yeah. So, in the way, we're going to get five players or five players, two that we already know who they are, and three we don't even know yet. And then the Mets will get outfielder Cahill Lee from the, from the Royals. So, yeah. So, that's that really ends the era for Ben Attendee. Basically – Someone who could have been one of the best Red Sox um, of all time, especially in the outfield, but he just couldn't get his offensive back going and stuff like that. He was really good defensively. I mean, there were times. I mean, last year was not really great. Um, 2019, couldn't really tell. 2018, he really did step up for the Red Sox, especially defensively. He made a very spectacular catch, one in game four of the ALCS where if – that ball passes him, and he what didn't make the diving catch off or against Alex Bregman in the ninth inning. That game would have been over, and the Astros would have won that game and basically tied up the series 2-2, and basically momentum could have gone their way. But after that, after that catch, he basically just sealed the deal for the Red Sox and gave them the pennant, basically. Even though they had to play one more game, one more game, they still it was basically over after that. For someone for people who are saying the Astros will basically destroy the Red Sox in the ALCS, it didn't really happen that way. It looked like the Red Sox kind of destroyed them. Yeah. 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 For basically the best team in baseball. So yeah. So it was very so yeah. Thank you, Andrew Benintendi. Man, we said say goodbye to two Red Sox so far. We said goodbye to Pedroia, and we now said say goodbye to Andrew Benatendi. Man, it's just, ugh, I don't know what's going on. I knew Pedroia was going to retire, but I didn't. Well, yeah, I kind of knew that Andrew Benatendi was going to get traded. And a couple of Red Sox ex- or a couple of MLB executives were saying, like, hey, we would be actually surprised if this deal did not happen. Yeah. It was kind of like, it was kind of meant to be. But it was almost kind of looking like, hey, maybe – they might not trade him. Maybe I've heard stories where like Red Sox uh, hitting coach, especially went to his house or where he was at 
and basically checked in on him and say like how he was doing and say like is he confident to try to get his swing back and then to the point where like hey man we might not trade him and then this deal went by so apparently my sister who's a in recent years become a huge red sox fan and a huge listener of section 10 basically texted me after the trade happened or basically i didn't know the trade had happened after I, before I saw that text, but when I saw that text, I thought, uh, she's texting me, rest in peace, Benny Buttcheeks, which is basically a common nickname that Section 10 kind of gives them. I think it before is a Benny Biceps because he was more like a biceps workout kind of dude, but then he wanted to go lower body on workout. So that's where Karabas kind of made the joke saying, hey, let's call him Benny Buttcheeks now. Yeah. <laughs> so when I saw that text from Molly, I thought, what happened? Did, did he get traded? And then I looked at my notification. I saw, oh boy, yeah, he's probably going to get traded. He's gone. But I mean, we got a stable outfielder now, Francis Cordero. He's probably going to be playing left field for the Red Sox now. I mean, this whole Red Sox outfield now, I don't even know anymore. I mean, in a in the span of a year, we have got rid of Mookie Betts. We trade him to LA with David Price. We did let we're probably gonna let Jay or Jack Bradley Jr. go in free agency. He's probably gonna go sign somewhere else. I really have no confidence that he's probably gonna re-sign here. And we have basically traded away Andrew Benatendi. We basically killed off the killer bees. We have basically got rid of the killer bees. Yeah. And I will miss those guys because that outfield was fun watching. Seeing them how they dance, how they just had fun, how they just made plays. Like, basically, guys, like, even JBJ, he made plays, like, especially a play in Baltimore later in 2019. Basically, if he did not catch that or uh, catch that uh, fly ball that was heading into the bullpen by Trey Manzini, that would have been a walk-off homer. But then that saved the game and also helped the Red Sox win in the end in extra innings. So he basically, yeah, so JBJ basically, yeah. Yeah, it's basically kind of saved the day from there. Yeah. Both of them are real good outfielders. They will be missed, but it's not official yet until JBJ does sign somewhere else. Until then, the Killer Bees are kind of somewhat not officially dead yet, but somewhat they kind of are dead, so it really does stink. And this Josh Winkowski, I mean, you probably won't see him. This year, we will see Franchi Cordero because he's probably going to take Ben Attendee's spot on the roster and play right field or left field. Sorry, left field. So, yeah. So, basically, an outfield of Cordero, Verdugo, and Hunter Renfro. I don't know. We'll see about that. I will say they'll kind of be good because both of them are pretty good, but I feel like nothing can replace the outfield of the Killer Bees. All right, let's see how much time I got. Maybe I can run off Chelsea football right now. So they played in the fifth round of the FA Cup against Barnsley, and they end up winning this one. They get the job done. They win on a goal, 1-0 in this match, and end up moving on to the next round, which I'm kind of wondering what that next round will be. All right, so they beat Barnsley, 1-0. And that one goal was a Tammy Abraham goal in the 64th minute. So he basically was the decider in that one. They end up winning 
one nil. And right now, currently in inter, or, um, English Premier League. So here we are. So they are in fifth place in the English Premier League. So they basically climbed their way back up. So they have 11 wins, six draws, or six draws and six losses. And they are have 39 points. So they're kind of tied with the West Ham United. And right now, leading the pack right now in the or in the Premier League is Man City United or Man City. So yeah. Oh, Liverpool's not winning. Oh, that's a shame. Yep, and still at the bottom of the heap is Sheffield United. They're probably gonna get regulated. Ha <laughs> ha. Sucks to be them. Yeah. All right. All right. So let's see. All right. Well, I want to see where their next round, what their next game is. I know their uh, Champions League uh, match against uh, Atletico de Madrid is uh, next week, next Tuesday, I believe, the 23rd. Yeah, so here we are. Try to win the Champions League. All right. So here uh, here we are, the quarterfinals. Oh, so they play on March the 21st in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup, I believe. Let's see. Yep, of the FA Cup. Against Sheffield United. Hopefully, they'll probably win that one. Yes. <laughs> Sheffield United kind of stinks. Yeah. Awesome. And there might be a chance to win the FA Cup because, hey, Arsenal is out now. So there's no so there's no reason that they can't win this thing and win the FA Cup. So yeah, at least try to get something out this year. Because you're probably aren't gonna win the you're not gonna win the league this year. You're probably not gonna win the league this year. Even though there might still be a chance, you're probably not gonna win this year. So maybe try to get the FA Cup. And also the Champions League Cup or Champions League Cup too, if you can. So European Cup, so awesome. All right, all right. So we'll go to break. All right, we are back. All right, to wrap up the news of the week. So it looked like Thursday. It looks like the Red Sox did make a deal. So they're not done yet in offseason moves. They did make a deal with outfielder and infielder, kind of utility guy. Marwin Gonzalez, who played for the Minnesota Twins. So they agreed to a deal with him one year, $3 million, with a $1 million up incentives. So I'm not really sure how I feel about this move, just mainly just because uh, I kind of want to kind of see them get um, bring back Mitch Moreland kind of deal because mainly just a fan favorite and I don't know. I feel like this is not really a, like a necessary signing right here. I feel like it was kind of one of those unnecessary signings. But at this rate, I'm glad the Red Sox are kind of starting to make moves. They're kind of starting to like to a point where you thought, oh, are they going to make any moves? Are they not going to make any moves? What are they going to do this offseason? Are they going to get anybody? Me would just go to our pool called the minor leagues or the farm system. Let's see what we can get anybody down there to pitch. Yeah. See how that worked out in 2020 for you. Then the Boston Celtics played against the Toronto Raptors back home in Boston. So they are back home on the East Coast, back home in Boston, back to Boston. And at this rate and at this point, they end up playing pretty good. They end up playing pretty good against the Toronto Raptors. There were some points where the Raptors looked like they were going to come back and win this, but at the same time, the Raptors is a bit too little, a bit too late. And the Celtics end up ending their two-game losing streak. And Semi Ojale had a night, have a night to remember, dude. Someone who has been criticized as one of those bench cancerous players, 
He ends up coming up big in this one, and he scores career high. I think uh, Peyton Pritchard came close to uh, scoring career high, too. Gets the Raptors again. Yeah. All right. So here we are. So Semi Ojale, my top performer, Semi Ojale with 24 points. Kemba Walker with 21 points. Jason Tatum or uh, Peyton Pritchard with 20 po- or 20 points. P. Rabbit getting done. Jason Tatum with 17 points. And then Jalen Brown with 12 points. So awesome. Very good. Awesome. Way to get it done. And at this point, they are now 13 and 11. So very good. Very good. Very good. All right. Then Boston College played against uh, UMass Lowell, and it was a blowout against probably one of the worst teams in their conference, in the Hockey East Conference. They end up getting the dub. They win 4 or a 7 2 1 in a blowout. Let's go over the box scores. All right. So the first off in the first period, right from the right from the get-go, Drew Hellison got a goal for the or for the Eagles to make it one nothing. Then on a shorthanded goal by UMass Lowell to tie it up one one. And then basically after that, it was just basically six unanswered goals by the by the Eagles. First in the first period off of Mark or uh, Mike Hardman Hardman to make it two to one. Then in the second period, power play goal by Alex uh, Newhook. Newhook. Then Casey Carew or Casey Carew, and then uh, Matt Boldy to make it five to one, BC. And then the third period, a power play goal by Alex New or Newhook again, and then Mike Hardeman again. To make it 7-1, that's where your final score would stand as the Eagles cruise to a win. They are now 12-3-1, so 12 wins, 3 losses, and 1 draw. Yeah, that is what is the draw. So, yeah, so yeah, that is true. They did end up in a draw with uh, UConn. But yeah, I did forget about that. They did. Uh, no, that's not what I want. Ah, darn it. Darn it. I Screwed up. Come on. Now, that's not what I wanted. All right, here we are. We're back. All right. Sorry about that. I basically closed out of uh, the page I had on uh, BC. All right, so here we are. All right, so the game on the 22nd of January was a uh, draw between UConn and uh, BC, but that game did kind of end in a, I believe, in a top, believe in a shootout. Win. Oh, they did go in a shootout win. Okay, so two. Okay, okay. So technically, not really. Yeah. So technically, they kind of did lose that game. Okay. Then the Bruins played against the Rangers on Friday night, and I gotta say, they end up cruising to another win as they end up winning this one on a one nothing win. Let's see how that. I believe Nick Ritchie was the only goal of that game and the cider. So yeah. So they end up closing this two game set with the Rangers. All right. Yep, Nick Ritchie was the only goal in the second period. one nothing. All right, out of way. As they end up winning this one, one nothing. as I said. They're now 10-1-2 at this point. So 10 wins, one loss, and two overtime losses. So awesome, very good. So they haven't lost a regulation game up until this point. So very good, very good. All right. Then the Celtics played against the Pistons. They seem to can't catch a break with this team. 
And this is one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in the NBA right now. And they end up losing this one to the Pistons again, 108 to 102. At some point, they did look like they were going to come back and win the game. But at the same time, as I said, a bit too little, a bit too late. They end up losing the one, as I said, 108 to 102. They are now 12 and or 13 and 12 so far, so not doing so hot. That didn't take long to get their next loss. All right. Let's see. Jason Tatum had 33 points. Then uh, Jalen Brown had 27 points. Then Daniel Tice with 11. And then after that, nobody else cracked double digits. Uh, Semi Logile had nine points. And then Jeff Teague had eight points. And that was about it. My top performers. So, yeah. Man, we can't catch a break with the Pistons. This is the second time we lost these guys. Because on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, we played against them. In Detroit, and ended up losing to them. We almost lost them on the next night on Sunday, but thankfully, thankfully, Jason Tatum came up and won that game in a game-winning shot. So, thankfully, thank to him because we could be zero and three to these guys right now. So we could have not have lost won a game against them so far. That would have been terrible. I would have basically have given up on the season so far if that was the case, because there's no reason you need to lose these jokers. Then Gonzaga on Saturday night, and this is the reason why we didn't record on Saturday because um, um, I went to go record basketball for or record basketball for normal community. Um, yes, as you probably already know by now, Illinois had high school sports in Illinois are finally back. <laughs> yeah, finally back. Yep, they're finally back in the state of Illinois. Yeah, our governor has decided to let teams play. But in top tiers and in phases and in regions too. So that's where we were at on Saturday. That's why we couldn't record because by the time we got home, it was at this point, I really don't want to record. Yeah, it was kind of a long day. Yeah. So now we're recording today because, A, we got nothing else better to do right now. We got nothing else. I mean, President's Day and I'm off. So, yeah. Anyway, so – Gonzaga played San Francisco in San Francisco. And I got to say, there was no hiccup in this one. As it cruised to another one, 160, or I mean 100, 261 against the Dons. All right. A team that they were supposed to have struggles with in their conference, but they ended up getting the job done against the Dons. All right. So my top performers in this one so far were... Uh, Drew Timmy with 20 points or 28 points. Then let's see. Then a tie between uh, well, a three-way tie between uh, Joe Ia and uh, Corey Kispert and Aaron Cook with 12 points. And then Jalen Suggs with 11 points. So very good, awesome. So at this rate, they are now 20 and 0 so far. They have not lost a game so far. And let's see how they are in their conference standings. They are still leading their conference. 11-0 right now, so very good. So still leading the pack. I believe they are still number one in the land in the stand, in the top 10 or top 25 ranking. So very good. Awesome. Getting the job done. Getting done. Mighty Bulldogs. All right. Then Boston College played against uh, UMass Low again this time at UMass Lowell, 
and it looks like it wasn't a blowout, but at the same time, Eagles get the job done. They end up winning once again against UMass Lowell, four to three. So yeah, hold on. No, all right. So UMass Lowell got a two nothing lead in the first period to make it two nothing. Then in the second period, this is where the Eagles basically answered back with four unanswered goals, basically in the second period by Matt by Mike Hardiman, and then in by uh, Drew Hellman or Hellison. And then in the third period by uh, Nicola Nintrensko and Jack McBain. Although UMass Lowell did get a goal to even the score at one, four to three, but that's all they would get. And it was enough to win the game for the BC Eagles. They are now 13, three and one so far in their conference and in the overall standing. Let's see how they are in, uh, are they still ranked number one in the land? I think so. I'm. I could be wrong on that. College hockey rankings. Here we are. Here we go. Why do you keep doing that to me? All right. All right. So right now, yes, as a, oh come on, no, what is this? Oh, this is division, division three or division one? Oh, this is division three. All right. Division one. Show us. Here we are. All right, here we are. So they are still ranked number one in the land. So very good, very good. Right behind them is North Dakota. All right. Right, so very good. And I did hear word that uh, their conference tournament has been um, released. Their conference tournament schedule has been released. Let's see how. Uh, let's see, Hockey East, Hockey East conference. Let's see the Hockey East. Let's see. Do, do, do. See how they're. Uh, let's see how they. Uh, did the whole uh, conference tournament style. Here we are, postseason, postseason. All right, so come on now. Just show us a bracket. All right, so... Uh, so they decided to show the rankings or just the seeding stuff. Here we ah. Yeah. And now we're showing us like an actual bracket, which really stinks. I kind of want to see an actual bracket. Alright. So it looks like the tournament won't start and opening rounds won't start until like um the 24th and then the one and six seeds will enjoy uh, a buy into the quarterfinals. Well, the um, or the eight eight seed, or basically like the bottom, or then the bottom seeds will basically play like in the first round. So, all right, September the twenty fourth. That's basically kind of coming up pretty quick, like a couple weeks. So pretty soon. So basically, kind of looking like how it is. Um, it looks like. BC will probably be 
in the first round. So they'll probably be the number one seed. So they'll probably get a bye into the quarterfinals. Okay, pretty neat. Then the Bruins played against the Islanders, and they get their first regulation loss in basically almost a month as they lose to the Islanders in, yeah, basically the same team that beat them in regulation two, like basically almost a month ago. They end up losing on Saturday, four to two to the Islanders again. Let's see, let's go over the box scores. Game summary. So Brad Marshawn got a goal in the first period to make it one nothing Bruins, and then two unanswered goals in the first period by the Islanders to make it two to one Islanders. In the second period, Brad Marshawn or uh, Patrice Bergeron got a goal to tie it up two two, and then after that, it was basically power play goal, power play goal, and shorthanded goal by the Islanders to make it four to three or four to two win. That ends, or that basically ends the win streak for the Bruins, as they are now ten two and two. So ten wins, two losses, and two overtime losses. So yeah, so here we are. So in the standings, they're still leading the East Division um, in first place with the uh, twenty two points. So very good. Behind them are the um, Flyers. So very good. So let's see. Right now, they are they're kind of like the second best team in the NHL right now. Awesome, awesome, very good. All right, okay. So let's see other scores. All right, Celtic football played against St. Johnston's yesterday, and they end up beating them by a uh, two to one goal or two to one or two to one match. So basically, awesome. It almost kind of looked like they were going to lose this one, but they end up pulling out in the win. Thankfully, two goals by Edward basically got them to the dub. Yeah, so here we are. So let's see. St. Johnston's or St. Johnston. All right. So basically, uh, Rooney of St. Johnston got a goal in the 50th minute of the game. Then in the 60th and 62nd minute, Edward basically was the decider in this one. He basically scored two goals in basically two minutes as Celtic football ended up winning this one two to one against St. Johnston's. So let's see. They are right now table. Let's see. They are still second place in the Scottish Premier League. So they somewhat still kind of have a chance, but not really. Um, so they have 18 wins, seven draws and three losses. I mean, at this point, Rangers, it looks like they haven't lost a game so far. So the only non-wins that they got were four draws. So, yeah. I mean, at this point, I feel like they're not catching Rangers. I feel like 10 in a row is probably not going to happen at this point. Uh, nope. Nope. At least they got the Scottish Cup. At least that. The quadruple triple. Yeah. So that is it for Celtic football. One more score in news. Then we'll wrap it up for today. All right. So the Celtics played against the Wizards. And on Sunday in Washington, and they end up losing this one. It looked like they did not have really any chance of winning. They really played sloppy. They did not play with a heart or passion. And they end up losing this one 104-91 to possibly one of, if not the worst team in the Eastern Conference at this point. Yep. Yep, that's kind of how the Celtics past two games has been. What the hell? 
All right, my top performers tied for points was Kemba Walker and Jalen Brown. But uh, either than that, nobody else cracked those double digits. Yeah, Tatum didn't crack double digits. Let's see. Top performer. So, yeah, so he's second in line. He's had six, then five from uh, Aaron Neesmith and Robert Woods third, and that's about it. Yeah, so yeah, Aaron Neesmith scoring some points. Huh? That's something. So they are now 13 and 13, so at 500. They are third place in the Atlantic Division right now. They are the fifth seed in the Eastern Conference right now, and right now they are basically the 13th best team in the NBA. So not doing so hot. Kind of been falling off. And that's what I mean. They kind of do need to make a trade. Danny H. really does have to make a trade. He really does. I don't know why he won't. Beats me. Really just does. All right. Then, um, so that's it. Chelsea football does play later on today. But um, it's, uh, yeah, so basically that's at 2 a.m. or 2 p.m. So literally like a couple minutes from now. So we won't have time to go over the uh, box scores of that. So, yeah, just trying to get this done right now. So let's see. So let's get back to something, uh, what I've been watching lately on TV. So I basically added a couple of new shows. I added a Fargo. that uh, t- I know it's not a Hulu original, but it's on Hulu. So it's kind of, yeah, so I put that on. And then I put on, uh, let's see, what else? The Mandalorian. So I got basically got Disney Plus, started watching The Mandalorian. So it's a pretty neat show. I kind of see, kind of see why people like that show so much. So pretty good. All right. So, yeah. so basically, uh, watch Fargo. Watch the first two episodes. Pretty neat. So really good. I mean, I can kind of see why it's kind of a little funny too, but I can see where it's kind of dark too. And some of the murders, like this, could happen in there, like an actual small town kind of deal. So like, actual murders, like, and also takes part in different settings too. Um, right now, I'm on the first season. I think it happened in 2006. Um, in a town in Minnesota. I thought Fargo was in North Dakota. I don't know. Maybe Minnesota. I don't know. I thought that was a state capital or something like that of North Dakota. Huh. Beats me. Kind of close to maybe. I don't know. Then I finished a uh, second episode of uh, Harlots. Yeah, so pretty. The reason I kind of still watch that show is because there's uh, this one actress on there I thought it's kind of pretty cute. Yeah, I think she's Pretty hot. Yeah. Sorry about that. Sorry, we got a little gash. All right. So, anyway, we watched the second season. Uh, looks like, um, um, yeah. Let's see. So, yeah. So, we're on this, or not second season, uh, second episode. We finished that. We uh, finished uh, watching season two, or uh, um, second episode of season one of House of Cards. Um, then, second episode of uh, Nightfall, which is that uh, show about uh, the Crusaders during, uh, uh, like in France or in the Middle Ages and stuff like that, and like how like it looks like in this episode the Pope's coming to town and the King of France is trying to decide who his daughter should marry between Catalonia and England. So yeah, try to see and what the Pope decides and basically yeah, kind of like influence her and decide or influence them to decide who should she marry. Then La Revolution. I feel like watching the show is kind of like a. It takes place during France during uh, the French Revolution, but it's kind of 
has kind of like a sci-fi kind of feel to it too. So it's kind of it's kind of a little weird, but I mean it's kind of a little interesting too. I kind of want to continue watching it. All right, the last of the czars we finished up with a second episode. Alexei, their son, is born <coughs> to Nicholas and Alexandria. And um, they're already starting to see like he's already starting to feel or see like he's like a hemophiliac where like he'll bleed if like it bleed eternally and kind of might not be good. How that might be a problem. Um, let's see. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on for a minute. We're going to go to break. Sorry about that. We had to take a call real quick. I mean, that's why we went to breaks. All right. So in last Lazar's, um, their son, Alexei, was born. Uh, they find out he's a hemophiliac, and then Nicholas has to deal with like all the stuff, like uh, the Russo-Japanese War, or the war with Japan, and like now a revolution in France, and now having to deal with the Duma now, which is, like the Congress, where now, now the Tsar might not have all like um power and stuff like that. But it turns out the Duma kind of turns out to be kind of like a joke, kind of like they really have no power whatsoever. Yeah, Tsar Nicholas still kind of has power too, and then at the end of the episode, kind of shows that. Rasputin starts showing up too. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like a documentary, more like a show too. And then I watched Last Dance, finished up that that episode, talked about a little bit of like Scottie Pippen, a little bit about uh early years of uh, Michael Jordan and stuff like that. His kind of like his second career and stuff, or uh, his uh, second year of his career, the '86 playoffs that where he basically. Although he played well against the Celtics, he still ended up losing the series to the Celtics. They still ended up winning. Last Kingdom, we finished that. So Udrid has a – so apparently it looks like in that episode, it looks like someone's spreading rumors that uh, Udrid uh, basically uprised against uh, Ragnar and uh, basically uh, killed him. But it turns out that's not really true. But he really can't prove it. So now he has to leave uh, the or the Danes and become – English. So try to convince them to try to say, hey, I want to join your guys' side. Point where like they're kind of like kicking me out too. So yeah. The second or so I watched the first episode of Mandalorian. It's pretty neat. Yeah. So basically, uh so basically how like he now has to make I watched the first episode. I can kind of see where it's a really great show. I mean, I kinda watch more more about more of it, but yeah. We're getting close. I mean, next time we're probably gonna watch that episode. So yeah, awesome. Very good. All right. So that's it for originals. Yeah. All right. So let's see fantasy. So basically baseball has returned fantasy rise. Um, we started up. Uh, um, I just went blank. Um, so basically started uh, registering teams and starting to uh, create them. So we'll go into them in a little bit. So, but first off, let's talk about uh, um, hockey and basketball right now. So basically – Let's go over hockey. So the Spitting Chicklets, uh, after today, they are now 4-0 to start the year. And currently, they are playing against Bill's Mafia right now. So very good. All right. So still no score there. Then Sean McDermott, they are 3-1 and so far. And currently, right now, they're playing against uh, Mother Puckers. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah. So no score there. So nothing yet. Then Channel 4 News Team, this is Yahoo Fantasy, by the way. They are 2-2 two and two so far. They kind of started falling off a little bit. And now this week they will play against Ugly Pucks. Ooh, man. All right. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, scoreless there. Right. Then Charles the Goat, they are 2-2 two and, two and two right now. 
and currently they are playing against uh, Bobby Hall All-Stars. And then let's see now to NBA. So NBA fantasy, the average Joes, they are now um, three and five right now. So, and currently they are this week, they are playing against uh, Kobe Mambas and no score there. They are projected to win. All right. Awesome. Podrick Pierce's, they kind of started uh, climbing back into this one. They won two so far. They are now two and six. And currently they are now going to play this week. Banana boat crew. But no score there, and they are projected to win. All right, awesome. They're kind of starting to pick it up a little bit. All right. The Ringer NBA team, they are currently three, four, three, and one. So four wins, three losses, and one tie. And they are beating English, or uh, not, or they're playing against this week England Bikers. So no score there. Let's see. And then Compos Ferrets, they are. 4-0-4. Oh, four. So four wins, zero losses, and four ties, and they're playing against Buck Nasty this week. All right. So awesome. So, yeah, so as we're saying, recording Monday, so basically fancy week, yeah, has basically turned into a new week. KG's a goat. They kind of started have been falling off a little bit too. I feel like they lost two in a row so far. They are now 5-3, and three, and they're playing against Grant's grand team. So they're scoreless there, but they are projected to lose. So they'll probably be four, five and four to start the year. Ugh. All right. So the South Park Warriors, they are now six, two and six right now, so they're not doing so hot. And this week they're playing against David's team. No score there so far. Games haven't really started yet. Speaking of which, when do games today start? I know um, Chelsea football, we said that. Chelsea football is playing today. Let's see. All right, NBA first game is until 6 p.m., so we got time there. All right, so let's see. Hockey, hockey, come on, show up. All right, the first game for hockey isn't until 3 p.m. All right, so we got time, so we finish this up real quick. All right, get this done. Get this done and dropped. So that's it for ESPN or for Yahoo Fantasy. So ESPN Fantasy. All right. Well, actually, let's go over Yahoo Fantasy Baseball first, and then we'll. All right. So I named my first team, one of my teams, uh, Tom Clark's, and here we are. So here are my um, teams. So here's my team at catcher. I got Yasmani Grandel, first base, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. of the Raptor or the Blue Jays. Then Brandon Lau at second base for from Tampa Bay. Then third base, uh, Max Muncie of the LA Dodgers. Shortstop, Carlos Correa of the Houston Astros, the cheating Houston Astros. Then my outfielders are Juan Soto of the Nationals, Mike Yastrzemski, Carl Yastrzemski's grandson, the famous Red Sox outfielder. And then uh, Ryan Montcastle of the Baltimore Orioles. And then utility guys, I got uh, Dylan Carlson, out, or Dylan Carlson, outfielder of the Cardinals. And then Josh Bell. Second base or first baseman of the Washington National or the Washington Nationals. All right, and then bench players I got uh, catcher Mitch Garver of the Minnesota Twins, first baseman, third baseman Edwin Rios of the LA Dodgers, then Mauricio Dubon of uh, second base shortstop and outfielder of the Giants, and then Austin Hayes, outfielder of the Baltimore Orioles. Then pitchers, starting pitchers I got. 
you Darvish of the Padres and Luis Castillo of the Rick of the Reds. And then relief pitchers and pitchers, they got Kenta Maeda of the Twins, Jose Losario of the Oakland Athletics, Joe Musgrove of the Padres, Frankie Montas of the A's of the or the or the Athletics, Marco Gonzalez of the of the Mariners, then uh Herman Marquez of the Rockies, and then or then bench player or bench pitcher, I have uh Jake Diekman of the A's. Bet bars, bet bars. Nice. I got a few bet bars on my team. Yeah. All right, section ten, named after the famous Red Sox Barstool podcast we listen to. All right, so at catcher I have a G- JT Romuto, first base uh, Max Muncie, uh, second base uh, Kiki Hernandez of the Red Sox, our second baseman now, Rafael Devers, third base, uh, shortstop Fernando Tatis Jr. of the Padres. Then outfielders J.D. Martinez, Jorge Soler of the, of the Royals, and Anthony Santander of the Orioles. Then utility men, Trey Mancini of the Orioles, and then uh, Nick Zolak of the Rangers. Then bench players, Buster Posey of the Giants, Ryan McCann of the Rockies, and Scott Kingery of the Phillies. And then starting pitchers, I have Austin Noah, or uh, Aaron Noah, and then... Uh, Demon Strasburg Stross, Demon of the Nationals. And then relief pitchers, Edwin Diaz and this James Karantak of uh, the Indians. And then other pitchers, I have uh, Lance McCovers, Lance McCullers, Patrick Corbin, David Price, Jamison Tylon of the Yankees. And then bench players, I have Chris Sale and Andrew or uh, Matt Andrees of the Red Sox. Then starting nine, here we go. So catcher Will Smith of the Dodgers, first baseman Pete Alonso of the Mets, second baseman Glaber Torres of the Yankees, third baseman Matt Chapman of the A's. Bet bars, yes, bet bars. And then shortstop Marcus Simeon of the Blue Jays, outfielders Alex Verdugo of the Red Sox, Mike Strzemski of the Giants, Kyle Lewis of the Mariners, then utility guys. Joe Gallows of the Joey Gallows of the Rangers, and then Ha Su Kim of the Padres. Then bench players Mitch Garver, Yuri Goriel, Donovan uh, Solano of the Giants, and Cole Calhoun of the or the Diamondbacks. And then starting pitchers Shane Beaver of the Indians and Lucas Giolito of the White Sox. And then relief pitchers Corbin Burns of the Brewers, and then. James Car- Carantac of the Indians, and then other pitchers, Jose Barrios, Joe Musgrove, let's see, Tyler May, and then uh, Cody Bassett, and then uh, bench pl- bench player uh, Michael Kopech of the White Sox. And then Royal, or the Royal Rooters, named after this box. Oh, man, I got two trades. Who? No, no, I'm not trading JT Romuto. No, 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 no. I'm rejecting this trade. No, I don't even care if you're giving me, give me a, give me a Paul Goldsmith. No, I'm not trading JT Romuto, one of my best catchers. Speaking of which, my catcher is JT Romuto, uh, Jose Abreu of the White Sox, Kenson Hira, Kenson Hira of the Brewers at second base. 
Then third base, Eugirio Serreras of the of the Reds. Shortstop Trey Turner of the Nationals. Then outfielders JD Martinez, Alex Verdugo of the Red Sox, and Will Myers of the Padres. And then uh, utility guys Dansby Swanson of the Braves and Ryan. Or well, actually now it's going to be JT or JD Davis of the Mets because there is a trade. I did trade Ryan Mountcastle of the of the Orioles to another team for uh, JD Davis, so he's probably going to be gone. That trade is still pending. Why it's not official yet. Then uh, Carson Kelly of the Diamondbacks on the bench, Ryan McCann of the Rockies, and then Mauricio Dubon of the Giants on the bench, yeah. Then starting pitchers, I have Clayton Kershaw of the Dodgers and Jose Barrios of the Twins. And then relief pitchers, I have Nathan Evaldi of the Red Sox and Kevin Gosman of the Giants. And then other pitchers, I have Tony Goslin of the Giant or the Padre or the Dodgers, Matt Barnes of the Red Sox, Tristan McKenzie of the Indians, and Eduardo Rodriguez of the Red Sox. And then bench pitchers, I have uh, Jose Iguari, Iguari of the Astros, and Ryan Yarbo of the Rays. So that is it for Rose Hammering Hanks, named after the Hall of Fame Hall of Famer Hank Aaron. So here we go. Catcher, JT Rumuto of the Phillies. Brandon Lau at first base. Kent, or uh, Cattell Marte of the Diamondbacks at second base. Third base, Chris Bryant of the Cubs. Shortstop, Francisco Lindor of the Mets. Outfielders, Alex Verdugo of the, of the Red Sox. Will Myers of the Padres. And Kyle Lewis of the Mariners. And then utility guys, uh, Jake Corm. Cronenworth of the Padres and Victor or uh, Victor Robles of the Nationals, and then bench players Mitch Garver of the Twins, Hunter Dozier of the Royals, and Scott Kingery. And then starting pitchers, I have Trevor Bauer and Blake Snell. Yeah, so awesome. And then relief pitchers, I have Russell uh, Iglesias of the Angels, then Fram or uh, Framer uh, Valdez of the Astros, and then. Start or then uh, starting pitcher and then uh, other pitchers that have Joe Musgrove, Kevin Gosman, Tristan McKenzie, and Shohei Otani of the Angels. And then bench bench pitchers I have uh, Drew Smiley of the or the Braves and Hector Neris of the Phillies. Nervi or Nervias Nervias of the Phillies. Yeah, that's what that name was stumping me yesterday. Nervias. Yeah, Hector Nervias of the Phillies. Then the Kansas City Marnucks. All right, so uh, catcher, I have uh, Will Smith. Uh, first base, I have Max Muncie. Second base, uh, Jeff McNeil of the Mets. Third base, Jose Reyes of the Indians. Shortstop, uh, Jonathan Villar of the Mets. Outfielders, Chris Bryant, Alex Verdugo, and Michael Brantley. And then utility guys, uh, Josh Bell and uh, Victor Lobles. And then, or then, bench players. I have a uh, Mitch Garver, Jeremy Canelario of the of the Tigers, Josh Harrison of the Nationals, and Lorenzo Kane of the Brewers. And then uh, starting pitchers, I have Trevor Bauer and Clayton Kershaw, both of the Dodgers. Then relief pitchers, Carlos Carrasco of the Mets, and or Julio Arias of the. Diamondbacks, and then other pitchers are Tyler Glasnow of the Rays, Frankie Montez of the A's, 
Tristan McKenzie of the Indians, and uh, Craig Kimbrell of the Cubs, and then Dana or uh, Dana Dunzine of the Texas Rangers at bench pitcher. So that's it for um, relief. Or that's it for crap. My brain just went fried. Um, for Yahoo Fantasy, so ESPN Fantasy. We won't go too much in the baseball ESPN Fantasy. We will give you names on the teams, but we haven't done been done drafting yet. So, all right. So, but first, let's talk over uh, basketball and hockey right now. Let's see. So the Caillou's annoying. So Caillou's annoying. They are now seven and one so far, and now this week they're going to be playing a uh, team Mikla. So no score there. Uh, the McMahon. So their undefeated streak has now come to an end. They lost this week, so they're now seven and one so far. So not doing so. So not great. And they're playing against Obi Wan, uh, Obi Wan, and Obi Wan and and Bodhi. So, yeah, it's, uh, they kind of named the guy after OGM Bodie of the Toronto Raptors. So, that's kind of pretty neat. I kind of like that. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, so no score there. Go up for glory. They are, let's see, they are 5-3 and three so far, so not too no hot. And they're playing against L- or Los Angeles Floppers. No score there. All right, the Boston Toms, they are playing against uh, – Matt Wu's team right now. They are now five and three so far. They did get back into their winning ways, so they ended a three game losing streak. So very good. So right now they're five and three against uh Matt Wu's team. All right. And then the boys of the old brigade, they are now four and four right now. They got uh, they ended a losing streak. I think it was one game, I'm not really sure. But they are taking up against probably with the best team in their league, the uh, JP or JPRMs, so not good. But there's no score so far, so right. Stan Marsh, they are now three and five so far, and they are currently well. The boys are brigade, yeah, I said four and three, all right, or four and four, all right. So Stan Marsh, and they're now playing against a team Pumpkiner 2.0. So yeah, they're on two game win streak so far, so very good. All right. So, right now, so ho- so uh, hockey, let's see. Tyrone Biggums, they are now 4-1 so far on a two-game win streak, and now they're playing against Barry, Mel- Barry Melrose. No score there. All right. Then, um, let's see, Boston Toms, they are now, let's see, they are now 4-1 so far, and they're currently playing against Corktown Whiskeys. No score there. All right. The Kyle Brothloskis, they are now, let's see, two and two. So three and two so far. Well, yeah, three and two so far. And they are currently uh, playing against Dover Riders. Uh, Riders, like, so right now. So, yeah, no score there. The boys of Kim Michael, they are playing against Team Nasty right now. It's no score now. And now, now they are three and two so far also. All right. So very good. All right. And then, let's see, baseball, or then baseball fantasy. So I named one of my teams, uh, the Elysian Fields, named after where the first kind of real baseball game was played in Hoboken, uh, New Jersey, back in like the 1840s. So, yeah, I named it after that. Then the Fighting 69, named after the famous uh, Irish Brigade Regiment, the 69th uh, New York Regiment. 
and also named after a 1940 film called The Fighting 69 with James Cagney, Pat O'Brien, and George Brent. Tom's, Tom, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah. So there we go there. The Homestead Grays named after one of the Negro League's teams of the early 30s and 1940s. So, and then uh, Kenny McCormick named after a team from, uh, or named after a character from South Park. The Memphis Grays also named after a Negro League's team. Or the Memphis Red Sox, yeah, I said Memphis Red Sox, yeah. And then the Fenway Refugees named after a uh, kind of blog that I was a part of. Um, when I was, uh, like, um, on the internet, I think like 2013 or so, like it was kind of like a blog or something like that. That was kind of like a Red Sox, Twitter, Facebook, and something like that back in the day. And, uh, where Red Sox fans would, uh, blog and stuff like that. That's pretty neat. Fenway refugees. So it was basically Red Sox fans around the world kind of deal. Just converging on this one side and basically posting stuff and stuff like that. But I don't think it's up anymore. I feel like they kind of took that down. So that is it for fantasy. So we only drafted one team for ESPN baseball so far today. And I'm kind of waiting until all the teams get drafted or get drafted and set up first before we go over the teams. So that's why, yeah, we won't talk too much, like go over details, what the roster is so far. So, yeah, sorry. All right. All right. So that is it. This has been a long show. Sorry, I mean, sorry we didn't record last week. We decided just to take the week off and just use our one, one week off uh, card that we usually have every month and stuff like that. So, yeah. Sorry about that. All right. So, next week we'll be back with more news and alerts. Hopefully there might be some more news coming out. More, I know there's going to be more games, stuff like that. So, yeah. So, pretty neat. Pretty interesting. Red Sox baseball is about to return spring training. Yeah, it looks like the 102 game season is still a go, and spring training will start on time as planned. So yeah, so new stuff, new yeah, so new stuff is arising, and Russell Westbrook might be coming to the Patriots. He might be getting traded over there. Well, we'll find out. We'll see. Yeah, not making any promises just yet. Anything else? I think we're good. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for giving this opportunity to share. Keep doing what I love. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple iTunes. Give us a five-star review if you can. Follow the show on Twitter at Podcast Royal. And then follow my personal Twitter page at JunkyardDog92. We'll have that in the details of the episode. Follow the show on Instagram at RoarRooters1992. And then follow the TikTok page at RoarRooters917. Nine or 92. And then follow the show on Spotify, Apple, Google, Breaker, Overcast, Podcast, Radio Public, and Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast from. It doesn't matter to us. And with that being said, I believe that about do it. All right. See you guys next week. Banyana. Tell everybody, go ahead and tell everybody. I 
I believe every lie that I ever told, paid for every heart that I ever stole. I played my cards and I didn't fall. Well, it ain't that hard when you got sold. Somewhere I heard that life is a test. I've been through the worst, but I still get my best. God made my mold different from the rest. Then he broke that mold, so I know I'm blessed. Stand up now and face the sun. Hide my tail or turn and run. It's time to do what must be done. Be a king with kingdom come. So you can tell everybody. I'll be the preacher, you be the confession. I'll be the quick relief to while you're stressing. It's a thin line between love and hate. Is you really real or is you really fake? I'm a soldier standing on my feet. No surrender and I won't be treated. Stand up now and face the sun. Won't hide my tail, I turn and run.
Uh, yep. Let's see. Go to here. We didn't have to deal with commercials. Yay! You're still here? It's over. Go home. Yes, go home. It's President's Day and it's no one outside. Go.